Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited as we are here on the 6th of June 2022 to talk about everything that went down tonight on Monday Night Raw. And there's a lot to talk about coming out of this show. I mean, there's the stuff with Cody. There's the stuff with Judgment Day. There's the stuff with Riddle. There's the stuff with Bianca and Rhea, which is kind of tied in with Judgment Day. This was, I guess you can say, a newsworthy episode of Raw. Good episode of Raw as well. I thought there was a lot of good things on this show. We also learned that we're getting the Double D Summer. The Dirty Dog Summer. They're calling it Double D Summer. They're probably going to start feuding with Omos and MVP. We'll get into all of that here in just a moment. But I would first want to say thank you for joining me here. If you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. If you're watching later whether that's on YouTube or podcast platforms all around the world with the audio version. I want to say thank you for watching or listening there as well. But if you are watching live right now on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Remember, if you subscribe with Amazon Prime, it doesn't cost you anything extra if you're already paying Amazon for Prime. You take that Amazon account, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, you're Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you subscribed right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Now, remember, it doesn't even have to be your Amazon Prime account. It could be anybody's, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody, anybody, anybody. Also, I do want to say if you're watching on YouTube or you're just a subscriber on YouTube, head over to YouTube and hit that join button down below. Hit that join button to become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Plus, you can get all of that, but more directly support us over at patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. Not only supporting us on Patreon does that more directly support us, means YouTube ain't taking a, a cut, but it's also easier for you guys because all you're getting right there is the Patreon content, the members content. You don't have to weed through all the other YouTube stuff as well. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store, the button's still not working. And buy something, whether that's a new game like Sifu, an old game like Grand Theft Auto V, or you're claiming the free games. Plus, Fortnite, they're back with a new season. They're back with a vibin' season. Just started yesterday, so, well, you're going to need to get that new battle pass. Maybe you like that new skin for the crew pack. You're going to need the crew pack as well. Well, when you do... Don't forget to put in the crater code PWUnlimited. Again, don't forget to use crater code PWUnlimited for any of your Epic Games purchases, whether that is on the Epic Game Store or through Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys on your Xbox, your PlayStation, your Switch, your phone for some of those games, and more. Also, I do want to say thank you to everybody that did watch this morning's wrestling wrap-up. I wasn't sure how this was all going to go with doing the live version only on YouTube and then bringing the, I guess you could say, video after that over to YouTube, but, hey, 
over 1,300 of you watched that video, which, well, that's more people than were watching those videos the last couple of weeks when they were live on YouTube and afterwards. So I do want to say thank you to everybody that did watch the wrestling wrap-up today after it got posted on YouTube. Yes, you didn't watch live, but we thank you for watching later. But now with that, we've got Monday Night Raw to talk about. As like I said, a lot of news coming out of this big Raw. It felt more like a Raw after WrestleMania than this year's Raw after WrestleMania. So the show opened up, and they recapped Cody versus Seth Rollins from Hell in a Cell. Cody Rose versus Seth Rollins. They explained that Rhodes suffered a brutal pec injury, but competed in the match anyways. Corey Grave announced also that there's a countdown clock. In the next two hours, Judgment Day will reveal their new member. Cody Rhodes then opened the show with a great segment. Him and Seth were awesome. So Cody's made his way out to the ring. Big reaction from the crowd, of course. They showed various messages from different wrestlers and fans praising uh, Cody for his gutsy performance last night. Fans erupted in a loud Cody chant. Rhodes seemed like he could barely move, like he was walking slow, walking stiff. He looked like he was hurting. Rhodes said that he wanted to welcome everybody to Monday Night Raw. Fans broke into a loud, thank you, Cody chant. He discussed his injury, but he didn't want it to bring down anybody here in the building. He didn't want to, like, be the downer. Rhodes mentioned that, you know, there's somebody that is watching, but may not understand everything going on, and we haven't met her yet. That's his daughter. He didn't say her name, but it's Liberty. He said, but one day... He's going to show her that match from last night and show her his performance and what it means to be a Rhodes. Rhodes then gave a passionate speech about not giving up and fighting against one of the best in the game, Seth Rollins. Fans broke out into another Cody chant. The fans then booed Rollins when Cody mentioned Rollins, and Rhodes noted that he didn't like him that much either. Rhodes pointed out that he beat Rollins in the final match of their epic trilogy. He added that the feud with Rollins is finally over. Rhodes said, now it's time to talk about something else. Oh, that, that is above me. He looks up at the Money in the Bank briefcase hanging above the ring. Rhodes talked about winning the briefcase, something that he's never been able to do in his WWE career. He discussed the possibilities of healing up in less than four weeks and being in Money in the Bank. And I said, bro, you a damn crazy person if you think you're going to be cleared in time for Money in the Bank. If you think you're going to, yeah, you worked last night. And that was an epic feat. You're supposed to have surgery this week. And you think you're going to get cleared in four weeks for Money in the Bank? Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy. Now, Cody almost won Money in the Bank once. And then that dastardly Damian Sandow kind of took it out from under him. But anyways, Seth Rollins would make his way out to the ring. He slowly limped down the ring, which made me go, uh-oh. Seth, limping pretty good all throughout this segment. And I was just like, oh, no, please don't be hurt. Rollins admitted that, well, he still hates Rhodes. But last night, Cody earned his respect. He praised his gutsy performance last night. And then Cody almost, or Seth, almost made me cry. And I'm, I'm, I mean it. He almost made me cry when he goes, and also there's somebody else I knew that was watching. Gusty. And I know that he would be very proud of his baby boy right now. Rhodes almost started crying. I almost started crying. And the crowd chanted again, Cody, Cody, Cody. Woo! What a segment. Rollins then mentioned that Rhodes 
shaking his hand the night after WrestleMania. And now Rollins wants to shake Rhodes' hand. They shook hands and the fans cheered. Rhodes watched as Rollins walked back up the ramp and was surprised that nothing nefarious happened. But again, Seth walking up the ramp into the back, limping and limping good. More than a, I'm selling something limp. I'm selling that brutal match last night limp. Graves then noted that Rhodes is getting surgery this week and doesn't have much time if he wants to heal before money in the bank. Rhodes then slowly made his way up the ramp, turned around, and waved to the crowd as in like, hey, I'll be back, and I'll be back soon. But as he did that with his back turned to the entranceway, Rollins then came out and attacked Cody from behind with a sledgehammer. Rollins viciously beat down Rhodes with a sledgehammer, and the commentary were disgusted by Rollins' attack. Finally, from the back, a bunch of referees and officials came out, pulled Rhodes, Rollins off of Rhodes, and helped Cody to his feet. At one point, they showed them trying to put Cody on a stretcher, and he was like, no, uh-uh, I ain't getting on that thing. I can walk. I ain't dead yet. Fans erupted in cheers for Cody as he walked off by himself. So we had the attack, then we came back from a break. They showed Cody refusing the stretcher, and then they did the replay of the attack. Troy Graves, Jimmy Smith, and Byron Saxton then discussed the attack, and Graves and Saxton felt Rollins should feel ashamed for what he just did. They then showed clips from last night's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, the Raw Women's title match, and then Becky Lynch was taking on Dana Brooke. And this was just wacky. Weird, and not something I would have expected from Becky, but when it all played out, it made sense for the most part. Not fully for the way it was executed, but we know where it's going and what it means. So before Raw, there was an announcement that four women will be getting a shot to get a shot at the Raw Women's Championship. That's Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Dewdrop, and Alexa Bliss. So that leaves Becky Lynch and Asuka not in the title picture anymore after losing last night at Hell in a Cell. So... We need something for Becky and Asuka to do. And that's what this was, to set them up. I got a damn message, someone going, Becky's facing Dana Brooke. Is Becky just a jobber now? You don't know what a jobber is, do you? Yes, she lost to Dana Brooke. But look at the big picture. If you think that this was them making Becky a jobber, then A, you don't understand booking. You don't understand storylines, and you don't understand what a damn jobber is. Just gonna say it. So. Excuse me. Lynch kicked Brooke right at the bell when Akira Tozawa, Tamina, R-Truth, T-Bar, and Reginald all round, ran down. They were chasing Tozawa, who had the 24-7 title. Tozawa got in the ring. Brooke rolled them up and once again became the 24-7 champion. Somehow, the match between Becky and Dana Brooke was just over. Lynch was furious here and goes, she grabs the mic and goes, what the hell is going on? I'm having a match and I'm going to do this match, but now I'm going to fight you with that title on the line and none of you better get involved. We had a 24-7 title match. Dana Brooke and Becky Lynch. Match went 2 minutes 13 seconds. It was not good. But where it's leading to, it's going to be a pretty good match, I think. 
either, well, mm, I'll talk about it in a second. It could lead to two different things. So the match started after a break, and Asuka's music hit as she walked down to the ring. Lynch was distracted, and Brooke rolled her up for a near fall. Lynch then took over and beat down Dana Brooke. They fought for about another minute before the finish came when Lynch went for a manhandle slam, but Brooke reversed it. Asuka then held Brooke down, the referee not looking, of course, giving her the leverage to pin Becky and defeat Becky. So this is going one of two ways. It's either most like, well, it's going one, if not two different ways. It's, of course, leading to some sort of a feud between Becky and Asuka. Yeah, okay, we know that. But I think this could also lead to either both of them and Money in the Bank and an overarching thing with them not wanting to have let the other win and them fighting within the Money in the Bank ladder match, or one, if not both, getting opportunities to qualify for Money in the Bank and say, you know, Asuka screwed Becky here. Becky screws Asuka out of her qualifying match and vice versa. Something like that is what I think could happen. That's just me spitballing and theorizing ideas and I guess you could say fantasy booking. But I think it's going to... It's going to lead to some sort of a feud between Becky and Asuka for sure, but maybe they can tie it in with Money in the Bank and the Money in the Bank briefcase match, the ladder match. They then announced the big news. The 20th anniversary of John Cena, and John Cena is returning. John Cena will be back on Monday Night Raw on June 27th. So usually when I'm watching either the Raw or SmackDown or AEW or whatever, right? I'm sitting here at my computer, working on one screen, doing something on this screen, got it on this screen, but I have the speaker on, listening, no headphones, no nothing. Usually my son, right there on the couch, laying there, looking up at the TV, playing video games, most likely Fortnite. And when they said, well, first when he heard, He sat up like a spring. And then when they said, John Cena returns to Monday Night Raw June 26th, he lost his shit. My son lost his shit. He's like, I guess you can call my son a casual fan. He likes wrestling. He'll watch from time to time. But when it came to John Cena returning, my son lost his shit because he flew off the couch and stood up and was like, wait, John Cena's coming back? I was like, yeah, that's what they just said. No, they said John Cena's coming back? And I was like, yeah. Calm it down a little bit. He was like, he lost his crap when they said John Cena returns on June 27th. Like, he went ape crap, ape shit, whatever you want to call it. Well, that still shows that kids still love John Cena. Kids that were, you know, growing up in that John Cena height, the height of John Cena, my son, 10, from the time he was three years old, he loved everything John Cena. Once he finally realized what wrestling was and what John Cena was, when he was about three, when I took him to his first live event, forget about it. There's nobody else in wrestling that mattered to him. It was John Cena. Now, he likes Randy Orton to an extent. He thinks Roman Reigns cool. But he heard John Cena's coming back, and that kid, like he heard the John Cena music, and he sprung up. I kind of like saw him out of the corner of my eye. And then... When he jumped off the couch when they said John Cena returns, he lost his crap. And I was like, what? He's like, well, I heard the music. Like, well, first he yelled, it's really coming back. And then he was like, I heard his music and thought he was on right now. <laughs> no. I was like, nope, a couple of weeks. He's like, oh, okay. I'm excited. Very excited. I'm like, I could tell. 
So John Cena, still a big old draw with the kids, especially like the kids that don't really follow, but still love John Cena. That's, that's it all right there. That's it all right there. For the kids that don't follow the week to week, they hear John Cena returning. They hear that John Cena music. Win. I'm all in. I'm watching. What, huh? What day? Crazy that Cena still has that kind of a, I don't want to say pool, but fan base. Especially with the younger fan base, the kids. Again, like I said, my son's been a John Cena fan for seven years now. Wait. Almost, almost eight, because he's almost, well, yeah. So this would be like the eighth year he's been a John Cena fan. Because he's turning 11 this year. We went and saw, so became like a, he finally, like I said, realized what wrestling was when he was about three. Took him to his first live event in like the fall of that year of 2014. So yeah. He heard John Cena's coming back and lost his mind. Someone that, from time to time when he's sitting on the couch and I'm watching wrestling over here, kind of peek in because like he hears something or sees something that kind of catches him like, oh, that's kind of cool. Ooh, I know that guy. I, I, you know, especially like Randy Orton, Roman Reigns, kind of riddled now a little bit because the Randy Orton Association. But like when he heard John Cena, I know I'm going to get long-winded on this. He freaked out. So that's great to see. And so now I have to buy whatever new shirt they make for John Cena. Probably going to get asked. I don't know if I'm going to buy it for him, but he's probably going to ask when he sees Cena wearing a new shirt going, oh, can I have the shirt? Because last year he did the same thing. Cena came out of Money in the Bank. Again, I was watching Money in the Bank here. He was laying there. Heard John Cena's music. Whoop! Is that right now? Is he really on right now? And they saw the shirt and goes, oh, I like that shirt. Can I have the shirt? Are they selling that shirt? So, see how it goes. But John Cena's coming back June 27th. And I can tell you from my kid, oh, kids are going to be excited. Any of them kids that are John Cena fans are like my kid, my son, who's almost 11. Kids are going to lose their mind. Then we had Miz TV. So what they advertised it as and what it was was confusing to now we get it. So WWE advertised that we were getting the premiere of Miz TV tonight. I'm like, wait, what? The premiere? But then once Miz and Maurice came out and they clarified this is the premiere party. For Miz and Mrs. on Miz TV, I go, oh, that makes more sense. Miz TV's been around for I don't know how long. And it's not like this is the season premiere of Miz TV, but now it made sense to me when they were like, because I even said it in my preview video. They call this the premiere of Miz TV, but I don't understand that. Maybe it's a tie-in with the Miz and Mrs. premiere. But it was. It was the premiere party for Miz and Mrs. on Miz TV on Raw. This is a pretty good segment with it actually, you know, Miz TV segments usually end up just being fun, whatever segments that by the time the show's over, you go, I remember Miz did something, but what the segment was is irrelevant. Yet this was not irrelevant at all and newsworthy. So Miz at first introduces what he, who he calls the love of his life, Maurice, of course, wife. Miz discussed money in the bank and said that the winner has an 85% chance of walking out WWE champion when they cash in the briefcase and he should know. He also promised to win and add it to his list of accomplishments. He said if he can win Money in the Bank for a third time, that will be another record that he has broken. Nobody 
has won Money in the Bank for a third, for three times. He's won it twice, technically. He's never won the, the ladder match twice, but he's he's been the briefcase holder twice. Punk's won it twice. Who else has won it twice? I know Punk's won it. Punk won it. I think Punk's the only one to win back-to-back. -back. But Money in the Bank briefcase. Has anybody else won it more than once? Or twice, I mean. When do they make ladder match winners? Let's see. Um, let's see. Who has won it more than once? We've got... Miz. He probably says Orton. Has he won it twice? I'm looking on the list here of Money in the Bank winners. Orton won it in 2013. Orton's only won it once. It's only Miz and Punk who have won it twice. Yeah, it's only Miz and Punk who have won the Money in the Bank twice. I'm looking, looking. Edge. Edge has won it twice. There we go. Edge, Punk, and Miz have won Money in the Bank two times. Everybody else has only won once. Man, you forget Corbin won it. As soon as I read that, I go, oh. And then I remember he went to cash in on Jinder and John Cena screwed him. Like, as soon as I read, like, you forget he won. But as soon as you remember, you... Exactly what you know exactly what happened. Sandow only won once. Sandow only won once. Sandow was defeated by John Cena when he went to cash in too. <clears throat> so going forward, Miz noted that tonight's a celebration because of the premiere of Miz and Mrs. after Raw. Marie said that uh, she's happy to be back, but not here in Green Bay. She's like, Yeah, I told my glam team where I was going tonight, and they were like, You're going where? Huh? You don't deserve to be in a town like they don't deserve you. Green Bay? Where? She's like, they never even heard of Green Bay. Which is kind of preposterous because Green Bay's a big name city. Anyways, fans started booing, of course. And then Miz goes, hey, you know what this means? When I do this? Yeah, you do this. Fans told Miz, shut up. Out would then come Riddle to a huge reaction, and the fans chanted, bro. Riddle introduced himself to Miz or to Maurice. Tried speaking French, but also spoke Spanish, I think, in there as well. Then she said something, and then he responded wrong, and then goes, I forget exactly what it was. I didn't write it all down, but Miz then mocked Riddle and said, Randy doesn't even like you, and Randy ain't ever coming back. His career's over. He told Riddle, leave. And then Riddle tried to challenge him to a match. I'm like, why is Miz trying to kick Riddle out of here when they literally told us earlier in the night, we got Miz TV tonight with special guest Riddle. I'm like, well, if Riddle was always supposed to be the special guest, why are you trying to kick him out now? Riddle then told Miz, shut up, because I got something to say. He said he's tired of fighting Roman Reigns' minions. He said Roman, he called Roman a name that I didn't write down. No, I can't remember exactly what it was. But Riddle said that he's taken something from, Roman has taken something from him, and now he wants to take something from Roman. He said he promises to challenge and defeat Roman Reigns for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. And the 
I was skeptical of this when it first started because I'm like, uh-oh, Riddle's being goofy Riddle. I don't want that after serious Riddle that we saw on SmackDown. But he did the goofy stuff for a minute and super, and then quickly got serious. And I go, okay, this is the Riddle we wanted. This is the Riddle I want. Tribal piece of trash. Thank you since Saturday. I was like, this is the Riddle I wanted to see coming out of uh, SmackDown last week. Serious. I'm challenging Roman. Let's fight. Miz then, you know, talked some more crap when finally Riddle challenged Miz to a match. And Miz was like, uh, no, I'm in a suit. Riddle then pointed out that uh, my buddy John Cena plays Peacemaker. Yet you, you just play Homemaker. He mocked Miz and said that he's got tiny balls. And Miz is like, excuse me, what? And Maurice is like, my, son, or my husband doesn't have balls. He's got average balls. And Miz is like, excuse me. He's like, uh, 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 above average balls. Uh, uh, big balls, huge balls, massive balls. He's got great big balls. And I was just like, oh my God. You go from big D jokes on SmackDown to ball jokes on Raw. Vince is on a kick again, and I'm loving it. Miz then pointed out again, he's in a tuxedo, not ready to wrestle, can't do it. Turned down the challenge and started to leave. Suddenly, Ciampa jumped Riddle from behind and just beat him down. Rocked him with a knee to the head. I'm like, where the hell did this come from? And then Miz goes, oh. All right. I accept now. I've got a two and a half minute match. Riddle versus the Miz. It was fine for what it was. Uh, the match started during the break. Miz was firmly in control, but Riddle fought back. He caught Miz with the draping DDT and set up for the RK bro or the RKO. Miz avoided the RKO and rolled out of the ring. Riddle then tried to kick Miz, but Maurice pulled him out of the way. Riddle crashed, or no, what? I wrote that wrong. Chased Miz. I put crashed Miz and ripped his pants off. Miz then recovered and briefly took over. He grabbed Maurice's purse, and they're like, oh my God, you know what's in the purse? It's probably the brick. We've seen this before. And Riddle avoided the purse attack, hit the RKO, and picked up the victory, defeating Miz. Great segment of Riddle making the challenge. So they didn't say when this challenge is going to be. Roman wrestling at Money in the Bank is still up in the air. So maybe this match is at Money in the Bank and it's going to go as scheduled because the original plan was Riddle, Roman, Money in the Bank. So maybe this match happens at Money in the Bank. Maybe it doesn't. We'll have to wait and see. So going forward... We had a championship contenders match. It was the Street Profits against the Usos in a 16, sub 16 and a half minute match, right around 16 and a half. I thought this match was really fun and good until the weird finish we got. Like the winner, the finish was kind of meh. I'm like, really? You earned a title shot on a count out? I mean, I guess you technically won. It was just like last time, last week. When Riddle and Nakamura won a title shot or earned a title shot on a DQ. So, yeah. You got to keep those so strong. So, Street Profits wasted no time and went for several early near falls to end the match quick. Usos regrouped at ringside and took over. Jay backed Montez Ford into the corner and beat him down. Ford fought back with some hard chops and a standing drop kick. Angelo Dawkins ran wild on Jay and scored a close two count. Ford sent Jay to the floor and hit a senton off the stairs. Back from the break, the Usos gave Dawkins a double spine buster to gain control. 
the isolated Dawkins on their side of the ring, and Jimmy hit, hit the Rikishi splash and stomp on his head. Dawkins then ended up on the apron and briefly fought back. The Usos regained momentum after throwing Dawkins into the ring steps. After a commercial break, Jay scored a near fall on Ford. Dawkins made the blind tag, and Ford hit a dive onto Jay. Jimmy hit a dive onto Ford. Fans were buzzing. They were loving this match at this point as Dawkins hit a flip dive, wiping everybody out. Well, the Usos, of course. Ford then hit a huge frog splash for a near fall, but Jimmy broke up the pin attempt. Finish then came when Ford and Jay were brawling at ringside. Jay sent Ford into the post, and Ford recovered and dumped Jay over the barricade. Ford barely jumped back in to beat the 10 count. Jay didn't get in. Bada bing, bada boom. There you go. Street Profits take up the victory. After the match, Riddle ran out to celebrate with the Street Profits. They received a future title shot up against the Usos. Didn't say when, though. That's the thing here. It's very odd that they're doing all these, okay, I want a challenge for a belt. I just won a championship contender match, so I'm getting a future title shot. But they don't say when. Just like last week with Natty. Natty is getting a shot down the road at Ronda and the SmackDown Women's title. But they can't tell us when. It, was, it wasn't at Hell in a Cell. Is it at Money in the Bank? Is it just on SmackDown in a couple of weeks? We don't know. We then had a fine Bobby Lashley segment. Bobby Lashley made his way to the ring. Fans broke out into a loud Bobby chant, and then they went to break. Afterwards, they, uh, they came back from the break, and Lashley discussed defeating MVP and Omos last night. Talked about MVP and the ending of their friendship. Lashley came, claimed that MVP and Omos are now in his rear view. And I go, so last night, so last night, okay, here's the thing. So last night, a lot of people were like, okay, they told uh, Bobby motion, title motion. We all thought, Bobby going to go for Roman. Uh-uh. We were way off there. No. Bobby wants the U.S. title. Bobby wants to go from being WWE champion twice in the last year to the U.S. title. What? What? Theory comes out, interrupts. Lashley was furious and demanded a match. Theory flexed his bicep at him. But Lashley did the same and put him to shame. Lashley then challenged Theory to a title match and the fans popped. Theory turned down the challenge and added that Lashley doesn't deserve a title shot. Lashley said he heard enough and knocked Theory out of the ring to end the segment. You go from this man being a two-time WWE champion in the last year and now he's just going to face Theory? Lashley better win that damn title. Better. If Lashley loses the Theory, oy vey! The recap, Mir Veer Mahan attacking Ray and Dominic. And then we had Veer versus Dom in a nine-minute match with a very, very weak finish. Earlier today, we got a promo where Veer Mahan promises to beat Dominic right in front of his old father, Ray. Early on, Dominic, for some dumbass reason, mocked Veer. So, chased him around ringside. Dominic rocked Mahan with a series of kicks for a brief advantage. Mahan recovered and rocked Dominic with a vicious tackle. Mahan took over and tossed Dominic out of the ring. He grabbed Dominic and threw him into Ray for a course of booze. <clears throat> Mahan then rocked Ray, booted him right in the face. After a commercial break, Mahan was firmly in control. He went for a power slam, but Dominic slipped out. Mahan uh, missed, a, missed a shoulder tackle, and Dominic 
hit a 619 into the post. Follow this up with a frog splash for a close near fall. Mahan rocked Dominic with a clothesline and set up for a submission. Ray jumped in and attacked Mahan for disqualification. He followed this up with a 619 and on Mahan on the floor. So, yeah. Beer wins by DQ. Not much really to it. And then recaps Judgment Day. Defeating AJ, Finn, and Liv last night at Hell in a Cell. And said, the time is up. Countdown is over. It's time for Judgment Day to reveal their new, their new member. And this was not what I expected. And I saw people online going, I called it. I called it. I knew Finn was going to join. Maybe you predicted it. But you didn't predict it in the way it happened. I don't think anybody predicted Finn taking Rhea and Damien and having them turn on Edge. I don't think anybody predicted that. Like, I saw a lot of people going, oh, Finn's probably going to join, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, cool, you predicted that. But again, I I didn't see anybody saying, Finn's going to join and become the new leader kicking out Edge. Didn't see that anywhere. So Edge introduced, oh, first off, Edge, Rhea Ripley, and Damian Priest made their way out to the ring and said, we got a new member. Priest demanded that everybody all that everybody rise for Judgment Day. Ripley claimed that it was their destiny to win last night. She added that they have no limitations and nothing holds them back anymore. Fans broke out into a what chant. Priest mentioned that Ripley is competing in a number one contenders match later tonight. Edge then spoke and told the fans to listen because the adults were speaking now. He promised he praised Ripley and Priest for being by his side. He added that their message has been spread, and according to both Rhea and Damien, somebody has come to them and asked to join. Edge says that I am very flattered that this person would like to join. And he thanks his his two, I guess you could say, saints for their recruiting job and says, this man joining us. And we get the music of Finn Balor. And I liked how on commentary, they mentioned, what is Finn doing out here? And I think it was, Corey Graves said, what is Finn doing out here? And then, well, one of them, I can't remember who it was. One of them said, what is Finn doing out here? Is Finn really going to join them? And then someone goes, maybe this is all an elaborate ruse. Finn Balor is going to make them think he's joining, but eventually make this some, uh, some sort of a brawl or match or something. Blah, 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 blah. Like maybe Finn is trying to get in good with them to eventually break them up, to eventually make them turn on each other and fight within. And they were half right. Finn Balor would make his way out to the ring. Balor got into the ring and shook Edge's hand. Edge was surprised to hear that Balor actually sought out Rhea and Damien wanting to join the group. He said, our message has spread and has spread people that we weren't even expecting to be talking to, but people that we knew needed to hear it. He noted that he saw the change in Balor's face during that match last night, and he added that Balor is a good fit for the group. Balor then clarified, hey, I want to thank Priest and Ripley for helping me. I was impressed with what I heard when Ripley, uh, he said he was impressed what he heard when Ripley stood in between him and Edge. Balor spoke with Priest and Ripley and realized that they all have a lot in common. They're tired of being told what to do. Priest then looked at Edge and said, that, you know, he's done a lot for them. But then he added, there's something we need to do. We need to take out. We need to shed what is holding us back. And they're just sitting there and standing there. And he's like, yeah, I understand. You know, I totally get that. Yes, 
take out what's holding you back. Like, Edge is agreeing with all of this. And Priest goes, and that's you. And he clotheslines Edge. Fowler, Priest, and Ripley then turn on Edge and beat him down. My first thought was, okay, are they going to remain Judgment Day? Or next week they're going to come out and Finn's going to go, we're the Balor Club, the new and improved Balor Club. Screw Judgment Day. We run this place. or Something like that. I don't know. I, that's what I hope they do. I was hoping for a two-sweet at the end with, Ed, with, the, with Balor, Priest, and Ripley, but we didn't get it. Edge tried to fight back at one point, and Balor and Priest continued to beat him down. They dragged Edge out of the ring, and Priest gave him a, an assisted Razor's Edge through the announce table. They then pulled off, or they then grabbed two chairs and threw them in the ring. They pulled out pieces of the, a piece of the chair, put it in ba uh, Balor, then put it in Edge's face, in his mouth, and wrenched him back in a cross face, like we've seen Edge do in the past. Priest then gave Edge a concerto, and the crowd booed vigorously. Referees and official ran down to break it all up. Ripley kept trying to come after Edge. And then finally, Ripley got out of the ring, said, hey, come follow me, dot, 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 whatever. So we now have this new group, but we don't know exactly what's going to go down with this. Are they still Judgment Day, just not with Edge and Balor now in control? Or do they become the Balor Club? I kind of hope they become Balor Club, but we'll just have to wait and see. Then they recap Bobby Lashley beating Omos in MVP last night. And then the whole thing with Cedric Alexander saying, I don't want to be bossed around anymore. I don't want to feel like a toy or a tool. And Bobby saying, hey, stand up for yourself, but don't get involved in my stuff anymore. This then led to an eight-second match, Omos and Cedric Alexander. And freaking, it was such a squash that it starts. They do some little recap thing, and it's over. And Corey Graves goes, this match is over before the recap even happened. The match ends, and immediately we hear, Glorious! And out comes the Dirty Dogs, and they go, Ladies and gentlemen, the Dirty Dogs! And so the Dirty Dogs come out, and they get on this little platform. Corey Graves calls it the Okerland spot, or something like that. Calls that the Okerland position. And so the Dirty Dogs come out. They're up there with Kevin Patrick. And they say, It's been a while since we've been out here on Monday Night, Law Monday Night Raw. It's time for Double D Summer. Dirty dogs are back. And MVP and Omos start walking up the ramp. And they're kind of looking at him like, oh, what the Screw you guys. MVP finally walks up and goes, hey, don't disrespect us like this anymore. You can all have your time, but you wait for us to finish ours. Ziggler then hits MVP with a super kick off the stage. Omos catches him. And then there you go. That was the end of it. So I don't know if we're going to get Dolph or Rude against Omos or... Dirty Dogs versus Omos and MVP. I don't know which way we're going to get, but it seems the Dirty Dogs, now the baby faces. So that's two baby face turns technically in a row. Edge and the Dirty Dogs. Next up, we had Ezekiel versus Otis. All this was really is to set up another match between Ezekiel and Kevin Owens. So Otis rocked Ezekiel early on with the forearm to gain the early advantage. During the match, Corey Graves goes, I've had, I have it on good authority. One of my sources stated that uh, Aaron Rodgers wants the Green Bay Packers to hire Otis to be the entire offensive line. You get it? Otis, the O-line. Ezekiel fought back at one point, but he couldn't knock Otis down. Otis tried to fight back, and Ezekiel caught him in a crucifix to pick up the victory. 
Corey Graves then goes, I got I, I texted Pat McAfee. And he told me that uh Aaron Rodgers doesn't even know who I am. So never mind. We got the whole Green Bay Packers here in the front row. I can ask one of them about Otis. I was like, eh, you're 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 trying too hard with that one, Corey Graves. After the match, Ezekiel actually called out Kevin Owens and said, I want a rematch. I want to fight you next week. Owens came down to the ring. Seemed like he was in a good mood. And he goes, I beat you last night. Why would I fight you again? He's like, oh, so you don't think you can beat me again? And he goes, you know what? I'll give you one more match. But you got to give me something. You have to admit you're Elias. And Ezekiel goes, okay. That's all I have to do? Just tell you I'm Elias? He goes, yeah, just admit it. And he goes, okay. I'm Elias. Kevin Owens goes, I knew it. All right, you can have the match. And Ezekiel goes, like, for sure? For reals? Like, I get the match? And he goes, yeah, you admitted it. You can have the match. And Ezekiel kind of like goes, all right. <laughs> I just took a book out of your playbook. Like, what do you mean? Like, I lied. I'm not Elias. I'm Ezekiel. But I said what you wanted to hear, and now I get my match next week. Owens tried to hit him with a stunner, and when he did, Ezekiel kneed him in the face. That ended the segment. Uh, next out, we got uh, Bianca Belair, the Raw Women's Champion. She was going to sit ringside to watch the Fatal 4-Way. They recapped Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley turning on Edge. They took uh, Edge out on a stretcher, and Jimmy Smith added that Edge had been taken to a local medical facility to be checked out for a head injury. Next up, we have the Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match for with the winner getting a Raw Women's title match at Money in the Bank. They actually said for this time, at Money in the Bank. It was Rhea Ripley, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, and Dewdrop. I think what this match set up was Rhea won. Rhea's going to get the title match against Bianca, but I think what this also set up, Alexa and Liv coming together against Nikki and Dewdrop. But the match itself went 14 and a half minutes, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good, and all four women worked well together. It's set up, I think, in my opinion, two different things. So, hey, that's a plus. When WWE is using one segment, they actually set up multiple things that it's not, you know, that all kind of make sense and could actually do good. But Dewdrop and Ripley cleared the ring early off and kind of had a little face-off. Ripley caught Dewdrop with a super kick. Dewdrop fought back with an elbow, a back elbow. Oh, hold on, give me one second, guys. But it's still not fully healed. It gets stiff. My, not my big toe, but the toe right next to it just sticks up and won't bend, and it really hurts when it does that. The bone, like, completely sticks straight. I have to, like, almost, like, crack the toe. Oh, it hurts so bad. Like my, I hope it recovers soon. Like heals, whatever. Okay. Anyways, back to the back to the match. Ripley at one point uh, caught Morgan with a clothesline and took her down. Ripley beat down Bliss and sent her into the corner. Ripley was firmly in control. At ringside, Bliss jumped off the apron, but Ripley caught her. Morgan then drop kicked Bliss and Ripley at the same time. Do drop then wiped out Liv. After a commercial break, Dewdrop was in control with a chin lock on Bliss. He followed this up with a splash in the corner. Morgan jumped back in and rocked Ripley with a drop kick. 
Morgan caught Ripley with a Hurricane Rana, and Dewdrop hit a splash on Bliss for a near fall. She then hit a sit-out powerbomb on Morgan for a near fall as well. Dewdrop and Ripley then fought on the top rope. Morgan and Bliss then came in and gave Dewdrop a double powerbomb, with Dewdrop going for the suplex. So it was a doomsday spot. Doomsday, uh, like a big old doomsday suplex deal, whatever. Fans then pop for the, for the spot, and Morgan and Bliss traded near falls. They rolled around in the ring for a moment with a bunch of back-and-forth small packages. Bliss then went for the Twisted Bliss, but Morgan got her knees up. Dewdrop tossed Bliss out of the ring, and Morgan went for the Oblivion on Dewdrop, but Nikki A.S.H. actually interfered. Dewdrop then hit a Michinoku driver and got a near fall on Morgan. Ripley then broke up the pin attempt. Ripley then hit the Riptide on Dewdrop and actually pinned her to pick up the victory. So with that, fans actually popped when Rhea won the match. So that's a good sign. Yeah, she's supposed to be a heel, but it seems like either they're into Rhea or they're into the Rhea versus Bianca aspect. Bianca then stood up from her chair, looked at her belt, kind of tapped it a little bit like, I got you, I got you, you want this? Come at me. The lights turned purple. Now came Finn and Damien. They stood in the ring with Rhea as they looked down at Bianca and the show went off the air. So that, ladies and gentlemen, was Monday Night Raw. I thought the show overall actually pretty dang good. I thought overall it was a good Monday Night Raw that was very newsworthy, set up a number of different things, and there we go. But you know what I thought of the show? Now it's time to see here what you thought of tonight's Monday Night Raw. Before we go to the text messages, remember you can text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. Before we go to that, we're going to check the polls. Or as the Twitch poll does go, 76% liked the poll, or liked the show. 14% didn't like Raw, and 10% thought it was just all right. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 64% liked Monday Night Raw, 28% didn't, and 8% thought it was just all right. Finally, when we look at the YouTube community poll, 64% liked the show, 27% thought Raw was just all right, and 10% did not like Raw. As we move to the text messages, again, you can text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. Also, the number to scroll throughout the show down here. But let's check this first text message. This one says, you see Bianca Belair going... No, that was sent before Raw, before they knew about the Fatal 4-Way. That has nothing to do with nothing anymore. Or says, I think when WWE goes back to two main titles and two tag titles, they should also do Raw-only pay-per-views and SmackDown-only pay-per-views. No. I know Money in or Hell in a Cell was basically a Raw-only pay-per-view, which was fine, but I don't think they should, should do Raw and SmackDown-only pay-per-views. And who knows if they're ever going to split the titles back up again. Maybe they keep them unified forever or for at least a very long time person says you think bianca belair stands a chance against rhea ripley to retain the raw woman's title at money in the bank yes because last i heard the plan was becky and bianca for the title at either money in the bank or clash at the castle one of them stadium shows we're going to get bianca and becky again so yes bianca retains if everything stays according to plan 
Chris says, where do you see WWE going with Ciampa after that Judgment Day route? Also, do you see uh, record Miz and Misses? Do I see record Miz and Misses? Oh, did you record Miz and Misses? Um, not yet. I do have Miz and Misses set to record, but for me, it doesn't come on for another hour and a half. It doesn't come on here live until 11 p.m. It's only 9.13. But I do have it set to record two episodes tonight. Um, as far as Ciampa does go, I don't know what they're doing with him. He just randomly keeps attacking people. He attacked Riddle tonight. A couple weeks ago, he was attacking Mustafa Ali. I have no earthly idea what they're doing with Ciampa. I don't think they know what they're doing with Ciampa. Finally, this person says, I don't think Lashley is going to beat Theory for the title, especially now that Cena coming back. They have been teasing on social media, Theory versus Cena for the title. True, but I just don't want to see Bobby Lashley fed to the Austin Theory, or to Theory, not Austin Theory. I don't want to see him fed to Theory. That would be a waste of Bobby Lashley, a total waste of Bobby Lashley, who was the GD champion twice in the last year. Two times. WWE champion in the last year. But we'll see where that all goes. Maybe Cena has the match with Theory. Maybe he doesn't. I thought if they were going to go the Theory-Cena route, Cena wasn't going to come back till after Money in the Bank and set something up for SummerSlam. But maybe, and this is just me spitballing, maybe Cena can't work SummerSlam, but can work Money in the Bank. And that's why they're setting something up. I don't know. I honestly don't know what they're going to do with Cena on June 27th. I don't know what they're going to do with Cena. But Cena did. I'm going to pull this up. Cena did post this on his Instagram. which is Very interesting. And this was 18 hours ago. Cena posted this on his Instagram. Pull this up on the screen. Him with his, well, actually, technically, that's Kevin Owens with his foot on the U.S. title. But, yeah, Cena posted that this morning. See what it means, but maybe he is coming back to face theory. I mean, he's been building stuff up, not just, you know, on social media, but he's also talked about theory in interviews. So, something's, something's a brewing. Whether that's for SummerSlam or Money in the Bank, we'll have to wait and see. But I don't see why they would set something up for SummerSlam before Money in the Bank. That's why I'm like, mm, because, yeah, Cena's going to be on the last Raw before Money in the Bank. So we'll have to wait and see where that all goes. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. If you are watching live, twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. If you're watching later, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Or if you're listening on podcast services all around the globe, I want to say thank you or watching or listening, whether that is live or later on. We'll be live again on Wednesday, Wednesday night for AEW Dynamite. So with that, guys, have a great night. Have a great day if you're watching on Wednesday, Tuesday. Maybe you're not watching this Monday night, but you're watching on Tuesday. So whatever time it is, whether it's night or morning or day, have a great day. Have a great night. I'll see you guys next time. Have a good one, guys.